Welcome to the Woman Magic Podcast. I am so thrilled and excited to have my first guest ever today, which is Julia Vitti. Um, and her Instagram handle, so that you guys are aware, is called at the crazy plant, right? So I brought her on today because she's actually going to be talking about a topic that I really appreciate because of the fact that I've personally been called this word and we're going to get into it. Um, but this is basically on the idea of someone calling you weird and weirdness. Um, and we're going to really get into what that means. Um, but first, Julia, I just want to ask you if you don't mind introducing yourself and letting us know how you got started on the crazy plant. Hi, thank you for having me. I am so excited. Um, well, I'm an identity coach, and that is why I got so interested in the meaning of this word, and I'll explain you why. And identity coaching is that thing that you go and do when you become aware that you haven't lived your purpose and you become aware that you're not sure who you are and what are you doing on the planet Earth. And you want to find out, and you go, and you and you come to me. I work with uh, young adults because, to be honest, when we when I was a young adult, nobody was explaining me stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think it's it's important that they start um, in the best way possible because they are the leaders of the future. I myself, I'm a pretty weird person, so. You can see that you think the appearance already says something, but you're going to find out. <laughs> you already know it, but they are going to find out. Um, so I actually first want to highlight the fact that you are in Italy and you do you coach people like literally all over the world. Like I feel like you will coach literally any young adult from anywhere. And I find that to be like pretty cool because uh, I just want to make you guys laugh. Um, me and Julia were talking the other day and I had an American moment where I was like, wait, you speak Italian <laughs> all the time with your family? Um, because she speaks English like you like 90% of her time, I guess, right? Because like on her Instagram, like with me, so she's multilingual, like she's, she's a bad bitch. So like the fact that... <laughs> The fact that you do this work and that you'll, you're willing to do it with anyone is really cool for me. Um, so I would like to talk to you about this idea of um, weirdness. So where did, where did weirdness first start for you? Um, and how did you handle it during that period of time? Well, I don't think weirdness weirdness started as much as was always there, mm -hmm. but for a big part of my life, I I saw it as a compliment. Like in, in my circle of friends, uh, we would say, "You're weird," and the other person would say, "Thank you," because it was a bit a way of differentiating ourselves and you know, highlight the fact that we did what we wanted to do and that we weren't conforming and all that. And then I went out in the world uh, outside of my little <laughs> village here in Tuscany. 
And I found out that weird was used as a bad word, if bad would even exist, or at least as an insult. Mm -hmm. And that was interesting for me because I thought, well, weird is 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 what we is what we are supposed to be quote unquote because if we are not weird then we are what like we are all the same are we are we normal and who decides what normal is so these things that at least um the major part of young adults have thought and i was about 18 so i was around that age and I have kept seeing it as a compliment for myself. And if I say to someone that they're weird, I make sure that they know that I mean it as a compliment. Mm. But a few weeks ago, a friend of mine sent me this uh, this long text uh, about the word weird and its original meaning. And that's where things get interesting because it was originally meant as something having the power to control fate. Mm. And as an adjective, it was used for people who were particularly uh, in contact with spirit and with, um, you know, with the ability to to be in contact with with different parts of themselves that were outside of the norm, still, quote unquote. And then the closer we got to... Um, the, the further away we got from from pagan culture, let's say, I don't want to point fingers because this is not the point, uh, it became progressively worse as a meaning. And in Macbeth, the weird sister of three fates, you know, the ones with the wire, the one has the wire, the other one tends it, and the other one cuts it for human life, they were described as odd and frightening in appearance. And, you know, the period where Macbeth was, was written was a little bit in between uh, those two eras. And it got progressively worse until it became an insult. And I have been in this rabbit hole of understanding this. And, yeah, so <laughs> that, that's mostly uh, so, what I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so just kind of backtracking on... Um, the so you were talking about the, the three witches right um and for those who have not ever heard about this um i would say a story right you said was it part of macbeth mm -hmm. you said uh no they those are three goddesses and they are in different cultures mm -hmm. and i think Mac, macbeth was referring to the norse i don't i'm not sure but anyway, this, those are the three goddesses of faith. You know the ones in the Disney movie Hercules? Mm -hmm. The three ugly ones? Those are ugly yes. three of them. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so just to kind of, like, give everybody this, this imagery, um, for those of you who might not be remembering Hercules, uh, that well, or maybe it's been a while, or maybe you didn't even notice that scene. Um, there was uh, that scene of Hercules where there were three women 
that were goddesses. They were like Greek goddesses. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, they took a strip. They were taking Megan, Meg's hair um, as she was going into the underworld. And they were cutting. They took her hair. And the last woman cut her hair to signify the fact that she was dead. Um, but there's a deeper meaning in those three old-looking deteriorated like women like in the movie um so do you mind kind of diving into that a little bit yeah of course you know don't quote me on history because I've been doing my own research and so I might be wrong in any part of that Mm, but what I noticed is that those like the reason why they're important in this is that they uh, they are the goddesses of faith, mm-hmm. uh, of fate. Sorry, fate. Mm-hmm. Uh, my English went away for a second. And backtracking the word, the people who were called weird were the ones who basically had a little peek into what could be. Mm-hmm. So the goddesses themselves are not. Are not fundamental in in my research right now, but the the thing is, those who could have as a sneak peek um, in what could be, and they were not like I imagine they were not like the gurus that we have today that they do your cards and they know exactly when you're going to know, but. We all know that there are people that have an insight and that can kind of uh, kind of uh, go um, between the worlds and have through their intuitions they can have an outlook. They have glimpses, and those people were highly rewarded mm-hmm. because they were important. You know, in in a community, it was important for people to be able to connect with their part of themselves. And not everyone was equally able, like not everyone, everyone was equally able to hunt and Mm. all that, you know, it was a role and it was respected as a role in a community. And we see that it, it began to, to become, it began to be dangerous when we had authorities that wanted to control who could be in touch with the spirit, with the sacred, and who couldn't. Mm-hmm. And that happened all over the world and you know, close to the same time. And then progressively, those people were not allowed anymore to to be the and they didn't want to be the messengers of other words necessarily they were just using their intuition to help the community mm-hmm. you know and then it progressively disappeared and now if you can do that you're weird you're a freak or a crook mm. Okay, yeah, so I'm glad that you brought all these things up because, ooh, juicy. Um, The reason, the real reason why I'm, like, really excited about that is um, for the longest time, I I was called weird. I was, like, the weirdo. Um, 
I'm the weirdo of my family. Like I am just the, the oddball out. And, um, even as a kid, I was in a bunch of schools where I looked different. Um, and they kind of like took advantage of that. So I was like this chubby redheaded, um, you know, little girl and I would get called all these different names, but the one that would always stick and would just like reverberate amongst the school hallways was weird. You know, like, Oh my God, you're so weird. Like, why are you so weird? Like I've been called like weird with like goody two shoes, weird with like, um, definitely just negative, negative connotations, negative words. Like, um, it's never been a positive experience. So when you brought up the fact that you wanted to talk about weirdness, I was like, Oh my gosh, that's awesome. But now you're bringing in the whole spirituality aspect of it. And, um, recently I had a conversation, um, where I was expressing how difficult it is to be like a weird person in society. Um, and how difficult it is to not feel that sense of belongingness. Like, and, and the fact that so many of us who are called weird, um, who don't take it positively, like we feel like we are not worthy or that there's something wrong with us. So it's very interesting that you've had this really awesome kind of upbringing in regards to your friend's taking that as a compliment. So how do you think someone who views the term weirdness as like a, like a hoax or whatever, um, like how do you think they can kind of appreciate the term and make it positive as how you say it? Hmm. Well, it, it all boils down to who you want to be. So if you're being someone that you don't want to be for different reasons, then look into that. But if you're being who you want to be, or at the very least you're working towards uh, being the person that you would like to be, then the only, the only meaning of weird is unique. And it's easy to be, um, it's easy to be antagonized when we're doing the work, the self-growth work, it's easy to be antagonized by people that are not doing it. And they don't mean, they often don't mean to hurt us. And that's why they're often the people closest to us. It's just an instinctive reaction, you know, because in the back of their minds, it goes, if she changes, then I could have changed too. Or if she changes, she's not going to be the same with me anymore. They're not thinking that consciously, but they're that's going on for them and they do things to stop you from doing what you're doing. So as long as you're coherent with your self-work, that is the only important thing. And as long as you're speaking your truth, you will find your tribe. You will find the people that understand you. Mm. And the rest of the people is not your tribe. It's, it's simple, but it's not easy. Because nobody likes losing people. Mm-hmm. But that's that's just how it works if you want to leave your truth fully. Yeah, um, I agree with that. And I also would, would like to add on top of that, that um, in regards to being different, 
I've realized through my own work and the fact that I viewed it negatively to kind of like attach, like to kind of go mm-hmm. in the middle of this. Um, I've realized that being different from like society, from society, there we go, um, is honestly one of the most precious gifts that we could be given because I don't want to blend in. And I don't think that anyone who has been called weird even wants to blend in. But because of the fact that society kind of teaches us at a young age um, and innately, we also feel this need of belonging. Mm. Our, Our egos, our bodies just kind of filter in and filter out what is okay and not okay, right? So um, even though you're naturally doing things that make you feel good, right, and they're considered weird to the next person, sometimes uh, your body might also like disassociate, your ego might disassociate from them because society has told you that they're weird. And at the end of the day, you're doing everything that you need to to be your true self you know so being weird is actually like a privilege you know it's a privilege to be weird um now if you think about weirdness in the sense of like like women specifically like what would you say what would you say that women struggle with a hundred percent or like maybe they they struggle with a lot in regards to being called weird. Mm. Uh, before I answer to that, I just wanted to add a little thing to what you were saying, and is that all the things that we consider normal and we thought we couldn't stop from doing because this, because that pandemic, boom, they're gone. So mm. I think this is very useful to think when you want to do something that doesn't that doesn't seem to align with what you're taught with society but you have a strong intuition that is right for you think that things change and you don't know how and you don't know when so might as well be doing your thing because the people who were forced now for example to to get a nine-to-five job because they thought no i cannot i cannot follow my intuition and do something else they may be out of a job now and they may be kicking themselves because if they were working for themselves they would still be working just an example but and i don't want to shame anyone but just saying you know things change and you don't you don't know how you don't know when so might as well be doing your thing (laughs) a thousand percent true girl thousand percent true now women we have more access to our intuition because we have hormonal fluctuation that make our brain a lot more flexible. And not to say that men do not have access to intuition. They absolutely do. But we we are facilitated like, like physically in that. And that often takes us to feel things before they happen or to to sense that something is wrong. And maybe when we sense something, the person that we have in front of us didn't even realize that something was going on. And so we bring it up 
and we get called weird because these didn't occur to anyone yet. Yeah. Or there is another part of this where we are more mm, conditioned by expectations in society to be a certain way because history went terribly wrong there mm -hmm. multiple times. <laughs> and so we are more prone to not to want to be weird because we, we don't want to add more at the disadvantages, you know. Yeah. And yeah, but it's something it's something that could actually take us so much farther to accept this gift that we have as women and especially intuition to fully embrace it and to realize what a great gift it is. Mm -hmm. Even outside of, of spirituality, like we, we don't all need to go do cards and things. Just live as women entails a lot of cool things that a lot of us are not aware or fully aware of. And that's mm -hmm. a damn shame. Girl, it is such a shame because you know what? Like I've realized through like my own journey that like we we're we're doing so much that does not serve us like so much my god like I feel like as as I shed each layer I'm like why the heck did I do that like girl <laughs> like and and part of it was um definitely like my shame for being such a weird person you know because like I don't know I, I can't even really explain it to you like I don't looking back on it, like, I wasn't even really doing anything that was, like, that crazy, you know, like, I mm. enjoyed musical theater, and I enjoyed, like, <laughs> you know, I played soccer, I had, like, infatuations of, like, random celebrities like we all had, like, I didn't do anything that was, like, so insane, you know, like, I, I read books, I don't really know, like, you know, I'm trying to, like, go into, like, myself, and, like, I really didn't do anything that bizarre, um, yeah. I mean, maybe the way I talk to people, which was like in like the most kindness or like the things that I would say. Um, but the thing actually to make you laugh is uh, the thing that brought the most attention to me was when I connected with um, the 1940s era. And I was like very infatuated with um, I Love Lucy, Lucille Ball. And I was like, you know, 11 years old. So I wanted to like put my hair like her and like just very like, you know, like I wanted to be here. So a lot of, and my cat's like, I want to join. Um, <laughs> and a lot of my classmates, you know, like I, I was in a, a Catholic school at the time, um, mostly all white kids, you know, and they were just, they just ripped, ripped at me, ripped at me, ripped at me. It was insane. Like, um, you know, they were like, this is weird. The fact that you want to make a I Love Lucy collage is weird, even though we have a project where we're making a collage of something <laughs> that we admire. Um, you know, like I dressed up as Lucy for uh, Halloween that year. Like I just was really feeling how funky and free and like just so different she 
was, you know, and like, I actually really appreciate her to the fullest because Lucille Ball is like the epitome of weird. Like she's such a weird lady and I love all of it, you know, like between her eyes and how big her eyes get or, you know, like just her acting, like it wasn't, it wasn't traditional acting, you know, like she was very Mm -hmm. like just silly like it wasn't she was never sad sad like she was she would always like fake cry and it was just great you know (laughs) um so and I connected with that era so much because like yes we have to take certain things very seriously but other things like you know other certain situations like she would just make it would be fun you know the things that they did it was fun you know yes so I just admired that and I admire her specifically um so I don't know for the women out there that kind of feel like ostracized probably um alienated like all these different things um by the people that they love like maybe it could be a role model that makes you feel better you know for being your most authentic weird self you know because being weird as Julia's saying is not a bad thing like it's it's truly not you know and it's it's welcomed here. We welcome it. Um, <laughs> like it's 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 honestly it's honestly an honor, and it's an honor to have you here if you're listening. Um, because trust me, personally, I know how hard it is to work through being like that alone feeling when you're called weird all the time. So I appreciate you being here, looking for some guidance. Um, but I just want you to know that, girl, you're welcome here. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's so cool that we both have two different perspectives of this word. Um, so when you're doing identity coaching, um, what is it? This is so funny that my cat's like really trying to get inside here. Do you hear him? It's like, <laughs> please, let me in. Please let me in. Um, so uh, <laughs> I can't. So in in your identity coaching, if 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 you were to take someone who has the, okay, if you were to take somebody who has the um, teaching that weirdness is a bad thing, right? And she's looking for advice from you, and she's like really wanting to actually embody herself. How would you approach it? Obviously, it's very difficult to, like, say exactly what you would do because everybody's story is different. Um, But what suggestions would you have? How would you um, kind of approach it? I'll leave it open so that Mm. it's not so specific. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the people that come to me, they almost all of them have this fear because they don't like the reality around them mm-hmm. and they try they're there to make a choice i even get into this reality or i figure out a way that i can do differently so what i do is i get very clear with them on who they are mm-hmm. And when this happens, when they start, when they first start to taste how it is 
when the reality around you mirrors something that is truly you, they don't care who calls them weird because it's, it's, it's so good. And literally, if you, I know you have done this switch and I have to, to have the reality around you confirm that you are not broken mm-hmm. and you are not wrong and you are just, you know, taking an approach that wasn't working for you. It's fine. Like you wouldn't shame a baby because it can't walk yet. And a lot of people can't do themselves yet. And it's not a shame. It's not something like it can it can be done. You just need to start working on it. And the first thing to do, even without going to a coach, is to actually ask yourself, what is it that you want without worrying about the how, without worrying about how will I get there, without worrying about why. Why do we want the things that we want? God knows. doesn't matter. Ask yourself what you want. Ask yourself what you want from yourself. And... And then look at it again, because a lot of the answers that you give are going to be related to things that society has taught you. Mm. Like you're going to say, I want to be skinny. I want to be fashionable. Mm -hmm. This is just to really simplify, but there are deeper things that need really examining. And can I, can I give a personal example here? So it's clear. Of course. Um, I grew up thinking that I was going to be a leader because the way I was brought up was you either are a leader or you are submitted. And I knew for damn sure that I wasn't going to be submitted to anyone. That was the wrong narrative, though, because I shine as a guide I shine as someone who influences others and not as someone who is going, you know, a mile ahead. And I'm not a leader. I'm a healer. I'm a guide. I'm, you can define me the way that you want. But the, the important thing is that I know what I am good at doing. And I do that. And I don't try to be something that I am not. Mm-hmm. And even the way that I approach my community, it's always, you know, I did this mistake and I tell it to you so you don't do it. And I'm going to tell you, you know, I'm going to give you some options on how to do the thing. And then you can choose. So I'm not good at saying you do that. Some people are great at it and they should do it, but I am not. Mm-hmm. I, so it's also accepting that, you know, you might not want the things that you think you want. I am going to move for one second and grab my yeah. cat so that he can stop being crazy. He, <laughs> he likes me. He loves you. He loves, he loves to be involved in everything. He's literally been trying to open. Literally, I have the weirdest cat. He's the best cat in the world, but he's so weird. Like, again, weird. He loves to open the door knobs. And <laughs> it's just so funny. It's like, dude, like, what? Even your cat? Okay, cool. Hold on. Oh, give me attention. Give, give me attention. I love him. He's just a silly boy. Um, hmm. So... Here's the thing. I've noticed that a lot of women 
don't want to look for help when they feel like it's like they're either numb to society or um, they just are battling with this, this like um, depression within themselves. Um, this is especially the case for women that have been like, again, using like a really big word, which is ostracized um, and just like treated like their emotions and their things that they want are wrong. So I kind of want to touch upon it with, between the both of us. Um, so I guess for, for me, what I would say is if you've been called weird and it's a, and it's something that literally like stabs you in the heart kind of feeling because you've been like hurt so much and, you know, people that you love have called you that. And, you know, like when I call my cat weird, for example, like I know it's not the equivalent to a human, but when I call my cat weird, like, I don't think that he's the worst cat or that he's just a funky cat. Like if you got to know my cat, like he is like a person, like you literally <laughs> like, is this your son or is this your cat? because he is literally just so unique, you know, and um, he has such a special place in my heart. So if, so if I were to relate that to you and how your sisters actually feel about you, you know, and this sisterhood that we have going on, um, we honestly find you to be so incredible because the things that you have to say and the things that are so innate for you are like artwork to us because your your true self is like this glowy awesome sexy fire that we just want to let out you know like we just want it to be free we want it to be something that you're proud of so I know that it feels like you're in this like dark cave of like not belonging and I've been there um but I'm gonna let you know right now in order for you to survive in this cave you need to have a fire and that fire is you you know so I'd like for you Julia to kind of touch upon it and kind of mm -hmm. talk to women that are struggling with that yeah and that is incredibly important because I know this is mainstream to say, but it's very, very, like, it's fundamental. Nobody is bringing to the world what you're keeping for yourself. There's literally no one like you. And so you see how it becomes very, very important that you shine. And... What I would say is remember that you don't have to do the entire work at once. If you begin to accept the path, it, not even accept yourself if you're not ready. I wish you were, but if you're not, just accept the path. Accept that there is a way out. Accept that your reality is literally created by you. I know this sounds incredibly unlikely for a lot of you like no I have not created this shit you have and the way that you have is because you have beliefs you have things 
and opinions and thoughts about life that you don't question because you think they are reality, but they are not. And if you accept this simple concept and you start questioning the things that you thought you couldn't question ever, then, you know, you start seeing bits and pieces and the path can be long, but it, it doesn't have to be super long. It doesn't have to be a struggle. It doesn't have to be always painful. There are fantastic moments if you just accept that you have the power to change things. Amen, sister. Amen, 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 amen. Amen. Oh my gosh, amen. Oh, that makes me feel so grateful. I really appreciate you saying all of this. Like I appreciate literally like all of your words. Um, I know that there are probably women listening right now and feeling like, hell yeah. Like, I mean, I, or at least I hope so, because like truthfully, like, I don't know, like, I know, I know it's difficult to, I know it's difficult to accept yourself, like, when you're told all these things. I know it's difficult to even, like, want to take a step out of said cave that I was referring to before. Like, I know it's hard. I know it's like, you know, what what Julia was saying about you creating your own reality, like, it kind of feels like, wait a minute, how am I creating my own reality? Like, I didn't. I didn't make this person say this to me. Of course you didn't. But who are you surrounding yourself with? You know what I mean? Like, I've realized it in the most um, insane ways. Like, who you surround yourself with has a huge impact on how you view yourself. That is huge. Um, I had friends for years and society makes it seem like you have to have like lifelong friends and whatever like your lifelong friends from when you were a kid to now that's cool they were your friends but like you could have life legitimate lifelong friends who who um are amazing and um literally want to be there for you help you grow all this other stuff not Becky, who lived next door to you, treats you like crap and steps all over you. Like, I'm just giving you guys an example. Like, um, like I had a friend um, for many years and the dynamic between the both of us was so toxic because I am myself. I've, she's even called me names. She, like, we grew up together. And um, the thing with her was like, I didn't see myself or who she truly was until just like a literally a random night like I had a random epiphany of all of the crap that I endured the fact that we were two totally different people and I was hanging on to it for what you know what I mean like I was hanging on to the friendship for what to be accepted by one person who is not who doesn't vibe with me at all who is who doesn't help lift me up and vice versa. Like, I just kind of felt like I was a free therapist and like, you don't have to deal with that. You know, um, a lot of us are comfortable in this comfort zone of like past friends. And it's like, why? Like being in this space, you know, what we're both referring to, like, if I were to take that imagery back of you in this cave and you're this immaculate fire 
you're surrounding yourself with someone who's literally taking a bucket and trying to take you out, put you out. Your light is too bright. Like that's exactly what's happening when you surround yourself with people that don't appreciate you and don't are not on the same playing field as you. And and it's okay to say that because I personally, like I've felt guilty and I know Julia, like you probably have felt this too, like kind of saying to a person like, yeah, you're not worth my time. Like it feels very weird at first and, and weird I will use in that sense. Um, it feels very weird at first because it's like, who am I to say that you're not worth me? Who am I to say that you're not worth my time? Well, here's the thing. You've always, always known your worth. Like innately, instinctively, like you know. You know. There's no way we would be put on this earth and they're like, yeah, go find your worth. Um, it was put in us and people ripped it out. You know, um, you know what you're worth. You know the things that you deserve. Um, and in this in this place where you're at with, with these people who don't help you grow, um, that's your choice. You're choosing to stay in this place. And, you, and the fact is, is that you don't need to. You don't need to stay. You can make other things work. You know what I mean? Like I've met incredible women who hid in a shell of a marriage that they hated and now they're free. You know what I mean? Like I, I know um, people who have had those toxic friendships 20 plus years, grew up together, had kids, like all this stuff, kids played and, and the person realized that they, they never really vibed and that's okay. You know, um, so I know that I've been like, la, 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 but I wanted to make sure that I, I said this because, you know, personally, this has been my, this has been my struggle, this weirdness thing. So I had to like, make sure that I said to like people who actually want to find your true self or, or actually finally look in the mirror and see that you're lit. Um, it starts with everything that I've shared with you and everything that Julia shared with you, we are responsible for our lives and we are responsible for the, the choices that we make. You made such a perfect example of one thing that we don't question, kindness, helping others. Who would want to question, like, for me, I was thinking being kind is actually a sure, um, a, a sure good thing that I have, right? So why would I go and question that? Well, in reality, part was kindness and part was me trying to please everyone. And it's not like if you say to someone that they can have your time, you're not saying anything bad about them. You're not saying that they're not worth it. Mm -hmm. You're saying that you are not available for it. Mm -hmm. It's very different because, and that is where weird comes up because it sounds weird that you would stop doing something that make, made you look so good and made you look so rightful to go and follow your path, your truth. Mm -hmm. But actually, 
it's the only thing that's going to get you forward because if you if you stay in the patterns then you're going to keep the your reality is going to keep mirroring that mm-hmm. for sure and so of course it's weird mm-hmm. it's it's a good kind of weird <laughs> you know and you this way not only you help yourself but you can give Oh goodness. <laughs> you can give other people permission to do the same because they look at you and they're like, oh, she has done that. And no lightning struck her. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe I can do it too. And I really make a point of being an advocate for that. Like I'm got the ring that I'm wearing today is made of a goat vertebra, it's a bone, right? Every time someone says to me you that it's weird, I smile so big and I say yes, I know it's cool, right? And I know some of them will think about this when they want to do something that they consider weird, but they want to do it. Or, or that's my hope anyway, but I know that it has happened in the past mm-hmm. that people tell me, you know, you were so unafraid to do that thing that I actually thought, what the hell? And that's what I live for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally what I live for. Well, no, I live for myself, but, you know, it's, it's my passion. <laughs> Wow. So literally, literally like one of your messages is weird, but make it empowering. I like that. I really like that. Um, because damn, like the way that you say it, you know, like, and so like, like, it's just like, if somebody were to say a different word, like, um, like, obviously I don't feel that way, but if if someone's like, Oh, that's ugly, but they're, you know, cause they're just being mean. You'd be like, wow, thank you. I know it's just really just so special. Like you literally just turning it around and being like, thank you for your negativity, but no thanks. Like I'm okay. You know, and I love that because it's so, it just kind of, for me, like keeps, it holds on to the essence of what it means to be you, you know, like it's, it's literally like the protection that you have for yourself and the force that you hold. Like, it's so cool. Like, it's literally like, um, thank you for the fact that you've shown me how you feel about yourself, but I'm actually really happy here. Thanks. You know? Um, yeah. Oh God. And I love that confidence. Okay. Uh, there is no love created from hate and from resentment, but of course, if you're not, if you're not solid in who you are, then everything, every little thing is enough to shake you, to mm. trigger you. Mm. And when you're triggered, you know, that's something where you're not holding your power. Mm-hmm. You know that's something you're going to want to work on. Like, but if this is for everything, if you constantly see happy couples and you get this, you know, you want to look into what partnership is for you. If you have a partner, how do you feel about them? If you don't, how do you feel about wanting one? It this is where it's easy and simple. Like trigger equals work to do. Mm. it's true it is very true um actually i really love what you said 
um, in regards to the fact that love can't be created from hate. Um, and I actually kind of want to bring up the, the kind of parallel of like forgiveness. Um, cause a lot of people will need to do a lot of forgiveness work and a lot of people will have to get like, not get love, but like literally channel love, grow love in their space, you know, um, especially when it comes to accepting yourself. So when I think about how one would forgive the things that have happened in their lives in order to move forward and like really live your life, um, as a sexual assault victim, like forgiveness has been hard for me. And the reason why it was hard was because it's like, you, you want me to, you want me to forgive that? You, so, you know, and like, so I would get so angry, like, what the heck are you talking about that you want me to forgive that, you know? Um, and I bring up a really intense topic like that because, you know, I want for people to understand that like, I'm not, I'm not, we're, we're both not um, dismissing a huge event that happened in your life because many people are definitely going through you, like whatever it is, you name it, you know, like everybody's going through something. Everybody's trying to um, release something. And in order for you to really release it and be your most authentic, weird, mystical self, you know, you're going to, you're going to have to let that go. And in order to let it go and be free and fly like a butterfly, instead of it being a bane to your existence, um, it comes from a light place. So the forgiveness aspect of whatever it is that you've gone through, um, that is something that the reason why you have to do it is primarily for yourself. It is not for the other person, it is not for the other experience. And I wanted to make sure that I highlighted it because with what Julia said, with the fact that um, love does not come from hate, you loathing and hating and resenting these times, they're not going to allow for you to accept anything inside of yourself. It's literally going to be the same kind of cage that you've been in. So we're trying to promote you wanting to be weird, loving being weird, you know, and like pretty much learning a lifestyle for yourself that's similar to Julia's where if someone were to make a horrible thing to her because they're unhappy with themselves, like we want you to to have a magical cape on and be like, bitch, please, like I've had enough of you, walk <laughs> away, you know? So I wanted to make sure that I highlighted that. Thank you. I think that's incredibly important because forgiveness is a hard bitch because <laughs> <laughs> some people have done things that are pretty pretty bad you know they've gone through and I know it's not easy anyway and I want to say that because like for example I never went through something like physical abuse but I went through emotional abuse and I know that sometimes I felt like no, I can't. I can't compare myself to someone who's been raped. Mm -hmm. But it's not about comparing. It's about accepting that you feel a certain way about it. Mm -hmm. You're not. You're not. It's not a race, you know, of who's feeling worse. 
And it's so important what you said, because you are forgiving the person, not mm -hmm. the act. Mm -hmm. A lot of us feel that, you know, if I forgive the, if I forgive them, then I, it's like I said, it's okay to do this, a certain thing. Mm -hmm. But the act is still what it is, and there need to be consequences. Like people need to learn that if they do something to you, there are consequences, and that you decide the consequences that you know that entails. But the person is someone who was acting with the tools that they had in the moment, with their traumas, with their upbringing, with their work not yet done. And so, as I was saying before, you don't blame a baby because it can't walk yet. Mm -hmm. Eat. He or she. Sorry. <laughs> you, and and they, they are like that. They can't walk yet. They can't see what you see yet. Mm -hmm. And that is not that is not something you can do anything about. And actually, seeing you being peaceful, it's something that could put them on the right way mm. to change. Still hard, still hard as hell. I'm not saying anyone to just go forgive. I know it's, I struggle with that so much. But at the end of the day, as you said, it's it's for yourself. It's not for anyone else. I think it's cool that um, your perspective on it is a lot more, like, it's very individualistic, but it's also, like, it also has to do with, like, the community aspect of humanity, in a way, because what you're essentially doing is you're promoting the the movement. You're promoting the 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 fact that people can kind of move together in the same direction to heal themselves. And when one person heals, it's like the other one does. And it's kind of like a domino effect. But not, I I wouldn't say it's as like it's not as hmm. Because, like, when I think about, like, literally, like, dominoes falling, I think that it's, like, fast and abrupt and, you know, like, I don't think it's that necessarily. I think it's more or less, like, we're all kind of, like, standing in, like, a majestic line or something like that. And as soon as the person, um, as soon as the person reaches their healing or starts, it's like they put their hand on the next person's shoulder. And it's just mm -hmm. like inspiration, that like energetic inspiration for the next person to change. Um, I mean, I've seen it in my, you know, my family or like just things that I've said, like to my sister, like I've said to her, who's, you know, she's 12. And I'm like, I see the numbers, the angel numbers all the time, right? She knows nothing about angel numbers. You know, she's 12. She has no idea. So I wanted to teach her, right? So I'm like, I see the numbers I see. One more, uh, I see 11-11 uh, all the time. I see 2 2, two one, one, one. Literally, I feel like I see every single, like, number. Like, besides, which is really funny. Well, obviously, because time, like, there's no, like, there's nothing past, like, <laughs> like, times. Um, 
but I don't necessarily see 777-888-999. Like, I don't see that, but my sister actually sees 888-999-777. And I was like, hmm. But it's funny because she only started seeing these numbers after my weirdness came in, big booty. And I was like, this is what I see, you know? And and big booty, I'm really more or less saying, like, I'm here, you know? Um, I'm here. And I, th- that's like an endearing term, like big booty, because I got, I got myself a big booty. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, like me telling her about this, like kind of like unapologetically, like kind of made her start paying attention. Um, and even though she's going to go through her own stuff, like she at least has that pocket of information and maybe she'll start to evolve. Who knows? Um, it's just that beautiful image that you're painting for us julia um of pretty much just like i'm i'm envisioning women just because this is like what this podcast is like more directed towards but people in general just kind of placing their hand on someone's shoulder knowing that it's okay to be yourself and to kind of feel like that that nurturing you could essentially provide for yourself um it's okay to love yourself it's okay to feel that you're worthy Um, and it's even more okay when you finally accept yourself. Mm. Yeah. And I love that you brought up your little sister, because first of all, yay, goddess, she's (laughs) going to be so much further than we were her age. Gosh, I hope so. Yeah, I think so. Um, this thing that you're saying, and it's true, it is the way that I envision it, that there is nobody that needs to save the world. We just need to look into ourselves and start being radically honest about our stuff. And then the world heals itself. And it's the big scale thing of what happens with parents. You can say to your children, uh, for example, a, a stupid example, not to eat um junk food until you're blue in the face but if every time that i that you go back home you have uh i don't know a burger in your hands you throw away your fries packet or whatever they learn from that Mm -hmm. they see you Mm -hmm. and so on a bigger scale especially with the people that i work with now in colleges for example They want to believe that it's achievable to live a life and be successful without being overwhelmed and burned out. But in their family, they see that their parents are maybe successful, but they are burned out. And that has been seen as the only way one gets money and gets what they want. So they have a hard time switching this. And by seeing it and trying it, then they feel allowed to even face their parents and to see, you know, it's not that you're bad. You just didn't understand this. And I am understanding it. So I'm going to do it in a different way. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. This was delicious. I love it all. Thank you. From you. 
<laughs> I love you. I appreciate you for getting on the podcast, for being part of the first episode. I just genuinely appreciate you from the bottom of my heart. And it's so funny, y'all. We just met each other like, what, a month ago? And we're like, you know, I'm very sure less. Less than a month ago, yes. And I, 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 I look at her and I'm like, I was definitely related to her in a past life. We, we look alike, so I feel. She reminds me of my Italian heritage. I don't know what I remind you of. I try to, I try to just be me, and you can let me know what it is that I remind you of. Um, but I just, I really appreciate you beginning this facilitation of women speaking and just really kind of speaking from their hearts and their souls. So, thank you, Julia, and thank you for being here. I am so honored, especially to be, to be the first guest. Oh my God, it's so good. And with you, actually, it was essentially like, you're weird. You're weird too. I like you. I feel that I've known you forever and just, you know, true. we've said an amount of weird and intimate things in these two or three weeks that we've known each other that you know it's remarkable honestly so thank you for that as well no problem no problem the sisterhood is really all like that that's not a hoax like we're not joking with you this is like a legitimate thing that we've we've both stumbled into um (laughs) so you you guys are definitely gonna like when you really step into it and you you start kind of finding your power trust me we'll we'll show up in the craziest ways because the the way that she showed up for me was I was on a uh, I just did like a random live and she hopped on my Mm. live and that's when we started talking so you know it happens in the most like awesome ways I've seen women in such a different light recently and my god they're so beautiful like geez my god I could gush and and drool over all y'all all day long so um thank you for being here for listening to women magic and um Thank you again. And if you want to follow Julia on Instagram, her handle is at the crazy flip. And yes. you'll see her beautiful face. So thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you, Julia. And we'll talk. We'll talk probably right now. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, guys.